Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and a very warm welcome to another episode of the Liz Earle Wellbeing Show. I'm Liz Earle and I'm talking to leading experts and familiar faces from the world of well-being to bring you wellness wisdom you can trust. Now, those of you that tuned in last week will know that we have taken a break in our normal publishing schedule to bring you the most relevant wellness wisdom for navigating the current COVID-19 crisis. Now, we here are currently self-isolating and to keep everyone safe, we are recording this show down the line. So please do excuse any minor connection glitches. Now, last week, the amazing Pilates instructor Natalie Clough shared how a simple indoor Pilates routine can help to keep our bodies fighting fit and resilient to injury. And this week, I've had the pleasure of chatting to clinical psychologist Dr Jemima Fitzgerald, who shared her top tips for those of us trying our best to stay mentally resilient too. Well, for Jemima, resilience is the key to a happy and fulfilling life. And we can't avoid hardship and adversity in life. But with a bit of resilience, we can cope. We can survive and hopefully thrive, grow and flourish while we weather these ups and downs. So do join me on Instagram after the show to share your thoughts on everything discussed in this episode. We would love to hear from you. But without further ado, let's hear from Dr. Jemima. So Jemima, thank you so much for finding time to talk to us today. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure. Well, thank you. How are you finding lockdown, first of all? Well, it's a very interesting time, isn't it? I mean, we've never known times like this. And I think lockdown has been so um, such a quick change. We're having to adjust. I'm personally having to adjust very quickly. You know, my work has adjusted family life has adjusted, you know, so my husband's a prison officer, so he works in prisons um, every day, so he goes in and comes home, and in a way, his life, although it's got more scary, has, has, um, is normal, yes. and but for, for me, my, my, you know, adult daughter living at home, 
where life has really changed mm. and um, it's amazing how much how many things you miss that I thought gosh I took that for granted yes. before um, the normal <laughs> the normal things of life but also how quickly it's possible to adapt and how quickly you find other ways to connect with people and um, and that whole feeling and I know it's a cliche of we're all in this together you know and I, I I'm so obviously I'm you know we talk about resilience but that feeling of there's something very shared about mm. this experience has really hit home to me and how much we need each other. So absolutely. Yeah. But I'm doing well. Good. Well, I, I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head, isn't there, about being adaptable and about how we can realise our capacity in a way for change and testing our own resilience because it's been an extraordinary time. How many of us as a well as a society as a whole been plunged into this extraordinary situation? And seeing how well, on the whole, people are coping, is that because we are naturally resilient, do you think? I mean, are we resilient creatures? Oh, I think we're incredibly resilient creatures. I think human beings, you know, we've survived such, as a, you know, as a race, we've, we've survived atrocities, we've survived all sorts of things, and um, we adapt, we're resilient. Um, some people are more resilient than others but for me you know resilience is something that can be learnt and um sort of changes as we go through life sometimes we feel more resilient than others and you know when i'm when i'm talking about resilience i'm i'm talking about that ability to cope mm. when things are tough when you're going through a hard time when you're up against it especially when you're in a situation where you feel out of control and um, and and you you're stuck and you're trapped. All of all of that stuff is it's really hard. But we can learn how to become more resilient. And I'm very keen that we look at resilience through a lens of compassion. So mm. it's um, it's you know some people have real misconceptions about the word resilience and think it's about toughening up yes. or getting on with it, <laughs> being a bit stronger, or being positive all the time. And and it really isn't that. I mean, obviously sometimes we do need a bit of grit. Sometimes we do need to sort of try and look at the positives. Of course, that's part of it. But, you know, you talked about adapting. And I, there's this Japanese proverb I absolutely love um, that says, the bamboo that bends is stronger than the oak that resists. Oh, I like and that. Something, I love it. And that there's something <laughs> about being able to bend, being yes. flexible, being able to change and adapt um, mm. as we go through especially times like this, but in life in general, that really is the key, I think, to resilience, or yeah. one of the keys anyway. Well, we'll get into some specifics in a moment, but I'm interested to know how you first became interested in the whole subject of resilience in the beginning. Well, um, well, so I'm a clinical psychologist, but I didn't become a clinical psychologist till I was in my, well, I started training in my mid-30s. So I had a whole other life um, before that. And I had always been fascinated with psychology, but just as a, as a lay person, um, I was very interested in the subject. And I went through some really tough times in my life. You know, as a, as a child, I don't, I don't mind speaking about this, as a child, there was a lot of abuse that I was subje subjected to as a child. And then I was in a, a violent relationship um, for a long time oh, as an adult. Yes. Um, and so I, I know I'd been through some tough times and I certainly didn't feel resilient. I felt really really low low in mood I had very low self-esteem so I understand what it feels like to just feel hopeless mm. and I certainly did feel hopeless but I wanted to understand what it is that helps people to adapt I wanted to know it for myself but I also wanted to learn it for other people because I'm you know as, as we all have I've met so many people in my life where 
they've been through some really difficult times, you know, mm. to greater or lesser degrees. But we've all had stuff. And I want to know what the keys are. How do some people just seem to kind of get through it yes. and even thrive and flourish? And other people don't. So what are the differences? What are the keys? So that was my real interest. And um, when I when I trained to be a clinical psychologist, my doctoral research was around resilience. How do we develop it? What are the processes involved? And very much that it's a dynamic process. It's not something you're born with. You either have or you haven't. It's not binary. Mm. It's something that we can we can develop. Well, that's that's really encouraging. That's really good to know. I'm interested in, in your journey. Did you decide to do clinical psychology from your own experience? Did you just, did you see that as a way out or did you think I'm through that now? How can I give back to others? A, a little bit of both. So I when I was a teenager, I wanted to become a clinical psychologist or a psychologist. Nobody mm. know about clinical psychology, but a psychologist and then I found out that you had to study for six years. And I thought, well, that, uh, that's not going to happen. I'm not <laughs> going to do that. So, <laughs> so I didn't. Um, but then but then having gone through some really difficult life experiences, I really felt now's my, and I got out of this marriage that was absolutely awful. Mm. And having got out and survived it, I thought, do you know what? I've got a second chance of life. I, can, I felt like I'd come out of prison. And suddenly right. I had this whole new opportunity yes. to start living again. I thought, right, what would I really love to do? I need to have a career. I need to earn some money and I need to have a purpose in my life. I need to find meaning so that all those, that 16 years of my life in my marriage isn't wasted. That's a really great way of looking at it, isn't it? That you use that for good. You turn it around, you turn it on its head and, and get a, a real positive benefit from it. 100%. And that is actually what I now know, I didn't know at the time, is fundamental in resilience is I, you know, the, the, the idea that no pain is ever wasted. So we can, we all go through tough times in life. And if we come out of it, sometimes during it, we see what, what the hell, you know, what, what's the purpose of this? But if having gone through it, we can reflect and say, what did that teach me? What did I learn? Not that we would ever have chosen it. Mm. No, none of us would ever have chosen adversity or tough times or any of that stuff but having had it happen to us what can it teach me what can I learn from it how can I grow as a result so it doesn't just become another painful experience in my life but it becomes transforming and and now I know that that is so key because then we have a sense of meaning um, which is one of the building blocks in resilience mm. is, is having meaning in our life not that we know the meaning of life because that's yes. a very big question but we have we have meaning in our life and um there was an amazing psychiatrist actually in 1946 called Viktor Frankl. He wrote a book and um, he was actually a survivor in a concentration camp. Not, you know, not quite what we're going through right now, but, you know, there was something about being trapped and locked in mm -hmm. and, um, and and really difficult times. And, and he um, he observed two types of prisoners in, in this concentration camp. They were all suffering tremendously and going through awful, tragic, terrible times. There was the one type was the people who just gave up and felt utterly hopeless, angry, couldn't cope. And and many of them developed um, mental health difficulties, obviously, if, if, if they were lucky enough to survive. Mm. And then there were the other there was a second group of people and they were the people who were able to um, to say, I, I'm going to use this this experience is going to is going to I'm going to use it I'm going to I'm going to have a sense of purpose and meaning so for him he decided he was going to one day go out and give lectures and write a book about his experiences and that got him through it for other people they stored up what little scraps of food they could to to give to other people that they thought were struggling more than themselves and it was those people 
somehow that seemed to cope the best and didn't come out with post-traumatic stress disorder and didn't come out. So they and mostly reported feeling a sense of personal growth, having gone through the worst atrocities. So I, I do think mm. having a sense of meaning, whatever we've gone through in life, small things, big things, whatever, is, is just vital. So that really is the key then, if, if you want to set apart a resilient individual from someone who is really mm-hmm. struggling, it is having yeah. that sense or that, that ability to see that there is a point to the pain, that there is a purpose within it that can be put to good use afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it can sound quite trite because it's it's not that we, you know, gosh, people go through tragedy, and you know, it's not it's not that I'm saying that's a good thing because of course it's not a good thing. Sure. But but whatever but whatever it is, we if 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 we are able to turn towards it and say, do you know what? Thank God that's behind me. Mm. What can I learn from it? What what did I learn about myself through it? What did I learn about? life the world all of that stuff then then that's going to help I mean it's not the only building there's this I would say there's three main sort of um aspects I guess mm-hmm. to, to finding resilience building resilience but that's definitely definitely one of them okay well let's come on to those but then would you say that people who've had a really happy go lucky carefree childhood and upbringing are perhaps going to be less resilient when they're older if if tragedy or or downfall befalls them are they going to be less able to cope potentially well it's it's a balance I mean I think there are many people that I meet as a psychologist now people that might come to me say in their 40s and 50s for therapy and something awful has happened to them and they say to me do you know what I've never had anything bad happen to me in my life my life has been pretty much perfect up until then Mm. now and yes they're they do, they do seem to struggle an awful lot because mm-hmm. they haven't built up that sense of how do I recover? How do I know that bad times happen and then they pass and I will get through it? Yes. Having said that, people who've had a really, really difficult childhood, so we have these things called um, adverse childhood experiences, and there's 10 of them, really, that are recognised. Um, several, sort of, several of them are related to abuse. Some are about witnessing domestic abuse. Some are about... Um, having a parent who is incarcerated, so there's this ten, and um, and if there's if they've had a lot of them, then they tend to struggle more in life. So it's it's kind of that good enough parenting actually that is the ideal. Um, and I certainly, I mean, there's ten uh, um, they call them aces, adverse childhood experiences categories. I would say I had nine of the ten. So that's oh my pretty high. So you 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 were pretty resilient by the time you were you know a young adult. Yeah, I, well, I was a survivor, no a question. Survivor. I was definitely mm-hmm. a survivor. But having having said that, we are all survivors by the very nature that we're still alive. That's true. And we're still here. That's positive. So I, yeah, yes. I was definitely. <laughs> it is positive. I was definitely a survivor. What I had learned that was that was a, a that was wrong through that, in a sense, is that I'd survived. I knew for a fact I was strong. I remember thinking, I'm strong. I'm a strong person. I can cope with anything. And the 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 kind of the um, the way, the way that that had got twisted in my own mind, which happens to a lot of people, was, yes, I'm strong, so I can cope with anything, and therefore I will and I should put up with oh, anything. So I was, yes. I was very good at, yeah, I was very good at saying I'm going to get through this day, I can do another day, I'm strong and I'm tough. But I was awful at saying, but you deserve better, Jemima. So I hadn't developed the other part of resilience, which is about compassion and self-compassion. I'd never 
I've never developed that. And that is absolutely critical in terms of well-being. Oh, my goodness. That is so insightful. I absolutely love that because, of course, yes, it makes sense, doesn't it, when you explain it like that, that we come through bad experiences, we're toughened by it. They say what doesn't break you makes you stronger and you know you can cope with a lot of things and then you, I guess, automatically feel, a lot of us, I'm sure, are feeling that right now. I can cope with this, I can do this. But, you know, where is the self-love? Where is the self-compassion? It almost feels slightly self-indulgent to be saying, yes, but what about me? Yes. And lots of people say that. And I think it's also quite a British thing, you know, that, oh, compassion, it's a bit fluffy. It's a bit self-indulgent. It's, um, But actually, it's crucial. And, you know, we are... A, Obviously, at the moment with the coronavirus situation, we're, we are socially distanced. We need to look after ourselves because we don't know how long this is going to go on for. But mm. when I was talking about meaning, what's really crucial in this situation is that we we can learn something from this. And one of the things might be about, do you know what? I'm going to change some things about the way I live my life that are more compassionate to myself and then to others. And and actually, if um, you know, I I think before we we're all in a rush to get back to normal. I, I can't, you know, I'm looking forward to being able to go to a restaurant again and see my friends. I can't wait. Mm. But I'm also reviewing my life and thinking, well, what parts aren't I in a rush to get back to? Are there things I need to yeah. change? And well, you know, I think it's a good time to to reevaluate our life and our lifestyles and how can we be healthier? How can we have more of a um, how a more of a compassionate attitude towards ourselves how can I learn something through this time all of that stuff I think you're absolutely right and I think a lot of us will come out of this the other side with a slightly different view on our lives and the way we live and what we see as important and what we value and uh, and and what we miss more than anything else it was in a very different way I, I was asked to do a sponsored fast um, for a charity a year or so ago and it was only a week seven days so it wasn't very long and I, I mean I could eat sensibly but I could only drink water I was only allowed to drink water plain water not with any flavorings no coffee no tea obviously no alcohol nothing and I thought oh this will be quite easy I know I can just do this it's straightforward and what I missed more than anything more than you know an alcoholic drink or something special I just missed a cup of tea you know, it was that simple thing. And after, you know, when I got to the end of day seven, when I was able to make myself a cup of tea, it tasted like the best thing ever. And I think that first time when we are able to connect with people again and hug our friends and just go for a simple thing, like a, a group walk in a park, actually next to each other and not, uh, not you know, two, two meters apart. Uh, you know, what a pleasure that will be. And my, you know, my, my son who's 10 said, oh, I miss school so much. You know, I miss my friends. And oh. th those, those days of having to kick him out of the door and say, come on, hurry up, you know. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be a lot, of, a lot of people out there. But coming back to resilience, you talked about self-compassion and being kind to ourselves. How do, we, how do we put that into practice? How do we kind of speak more kindly to ourselves? Good question. So, so we know that with our um our bodies our minds our brains they're all connected you know we can't really separate all of these things out we are you know and I, I very much like to take a holistic approach to mental well-being and um and when we um are in that you know when we're feeling under threat when we feel physically threatened we mm. are we have a fight or flight response and that's activated by our sympathetic nervous system so our sympathetic nervous system in our bodies activates us 
to be active and to um, to get out of a threatening situation. So if you were being chased down the street, your sympathetic nervous system would kick in and um, your blood pressure would rise, your digestive system would shut down because you don't need to be having a drink or a snack at that time. No. You don't need saliva in your mouth. That's why you get a dry mouth. Mm. You would... Um, you would the, the arteries around your heart would constrict. It, you would you would have you know more cortisol, more adrenaline in your body. So there'd be a physical response, and that's great. And what your for that so and what your brain would be doing was it would be focusing on purely on the threat. So all your brain would be thinking about was being chased and how you're going to survive that chase. The problem is is that that fight or flight response um, is also activated by psychological threat. So if somebody gives you a dirty look at work or if somebody is being intimidating to you, then we will equally get that. But worse than that is we it's also activated by our own inner voice. What? So if you're somebody. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. So if, yeah, honestly. And honestly, I was the world's worst at this. And I only realized this when I was training as a psychologist, how much I put myself down. It was a constant thing. And sometimes we can think it's a motivating factor, you know, like, well, if I'm too nice to myself, I'll never get anything done. But mm. if we're constantly saying, you stupid woman, you're, yes. you're an idiot, nobody like that. Or I can't believe you just said that. If we talk, that also activates our sympathetic nervous system, which isn't very sympathetic. Wow. And it really, and so it really gets us, it's really bad for our health, really bad for our mind. And it means that then we are also focusing on threat all the time, which is why often when we go home from work, we'll think about the one thing that went mm. wrong or mm -hmm. the, you know, whatever we've been doing that day, the one thing that we said that was a bit stupid that oh, we thought, sure. rather than yeah. all the great things. We all do it. We yeah. all do it. So in what we need to do is to get our bodies out of that sympathetic nervous system and kick in with our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the other system. And that's a very grounding system and we do that by developing one of the ways we do that is by developing a kinder internal voice and for me when I realized how often I put myself down I thought gosh I I can't just switch this I can't just change mm. it this is a I've had 37 years or something of, of doing it so it's going to take a long time to, to you know rewire my brain so I had to do it very deliberately and and it sounds stupid it sounds crazy but I would talk to myself sometimes out loud, it's actually the science says when you speak to yourself out loud, it has more of an impact on your nervous system than when you really? speak to yourself in So your do we head. really need to stand in front of a mirror and go, you are just amazing? Because <laughs> I, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I can honestly say I don't do that. Um, I don't what do we have to say? So for me, it depends how, how critical you are of yourself. Right? Yes. Uh, you're a very successful woman and you maybe you don't put yourself down a lot. Uh, well, I don't know. I do. There's always something wrong. Oh, my goodness. I mess up, you know, all the time, every day. Yeah. So we all do. Mm. So I, I started with baby steps. So for me, it was about if I made myself a cup of tea and I made a nice cup of tea, I would actually say sometimes out loud, mostly in my head, mm. well done, Jemima. That was a good cup of tea. And what the science Great. is, if you actually use your yeah. name, really? rather than just say, well done, you know, yeah, your name, your brain interprets it as if somebody else has just said it to you. No, so I've never heard that before. That's fascinating. Isn't it? Isn't it fascinating? So whether you, if you say it out loud, even better, because then your brain interprets it um, as if somebody really has, it's your, I think your listening part of your brain and your speaking part of your brain are both engaged. But wow. if, if you can't say it out loud, because... So in the car is a great time to give yourself a good positive mm. chat. 
about yourself. Yes. Um, but if you can't say it out loud, at the moment we might not be doing a lot of driving. Um, so you can say it in your head, like, "Well done, Jemima. You did. A, you made a good cup of tea." Or, "Well done, Jemima. That was that was nice that you just waved at the road over there." I, I know it sound, It can sound really crazy, but that's about retraining. That is fascinating. So, for example, I um, had I did my hair this morning, and I was doing it really quickly. Uh, but I tried using these new hair tongs and I did quite a good job. So I was quite pleased. And so, I, you know, when I looked in the mirror, I could have said, hey, great job, Liz. Hair looks great. And I mean, that feels a bit daft to be saying that. But actually, I guess it would have given me a bit of a boost and perhaps put a bit of a positive spin on the what's been you know, a fairly difficult yeah. day, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And, and it, has a, it, it does have a physical effect on you. So not only then will you... Um, you you know you're it's like someone's just given you a compliment because you've mm. used your own but it, it it's more likely then to get you out of that feeling of being under threat and sometimes we get so used to anxiety and threat we get so used to just a an undercurrent if you like of, of that yes. feeling in our bodies but we don't even notice it's there so it's important to very consciously start to develop a kind way of speaking to ourselves and honestly i've i've did this for a long time and I don't have to consciously do it now I, I sometimes laugh at myself because I I notice myself complimenting myself and I think oh you're funny like honestly I do it to myself all the time I'm I'm not going around saying I'm great I promise you I'm not saying that but I notice when I do a good thing yeah and that's okay that's not big-headed that's that's sensible and it's kind and I try to talk to myself like a nice parent would to their child or, mm -hmm. you know, or to my, how I would talk to my own best friends or yes. my own children. And, and if I can give it out to other people, why shouldn't I give it out to myself? Yeah. Do you think it, that there's a big sort of male female thing here? Because I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking actually a lot of the guys I know, they will, you know, they will kind of give themselves a pat on the back, perhaps more than we do as, as, as women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, I can't always generalise, can you? Men and women, are, uh, but they, there are some differences. And often men um, don't shy, don't have this um, tendency to feel they need to be modest all the time. Mm. You know, you know, in business, we see it in in uh, the world of work that often it, it can feel like for a woman to say, yeah, I'm really good at that. That feels really uncomfortable. Whereas yes. for a lot of men, they've got no problem saying that. No, you're Not so right. Yeah. It's, so it can, yeah, it can feel a bit um, odd, strange, uh, very uncomfortable, but it's good for our well-being and it kicks mm. that um, parasympathetic nervous system in, which makes you feel grounded, safe. It reduces your blood pressure. It makes you feel. Um, it helps your brain to think clearly. So if you if you're in a bit of a situation where you need to think clearly about something, one of the ways is to talk to yourself in a kinder way. And also, it's not just about giving yourself compliments. It's about understanding why you did something so for me the hardest time is when you have actually done something wrong you know so if you shouted at your children mm. and so you do feel guilty so it's not a case of well done Jemima you were a great mum <laughs> yes. today you know, I can't really say that but I can say do you know what Jemima you're under a lot of stress at the moment you need to go and say sorry to your kids because that wasn't right guilt's a, a you know we have guilt for a reason it's to put it's to motivate us to put things right but not shame, not I'm a, therefore I'm a bad mother, I'm a bad mm. person, but rather, do you know what? I'm, I'm probably like most other parents. I get cross sometimes. Yes. I need to go and say sorry, but I, I'm going to have compassion with myself. There's a reason. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I love that. I, I, I love that, that difference between guilt and shame. I think yeah. that's, that's, that's really powerful. Shame is such a, um, such a uh, blockage, I think, to building our resilience. So when we feel shame, we, we kind of, um, we separate ourselves out from people because you know right now you know we we, we one of the, the third building block if you like of resilience is connection so we all need to connect with each other as human beings we're social beings and you know I've done research that shows that when we when we feel socially excluded from other people we experience a significant drop in our body temperatures Gosh. so um it's really interesting. So people are literally left out in the cold if they are. Wow, that's that's a real expression, isn't it? Left out in isn't the cold. I mean, yeah. uh, that's cold. A, that's amazing. Yeah. I know. So um, yeah, so that's fascinating. So um, so we need to connect right now. We're we're social distancing. I like to think of it as physical distancing, yes. not social distancing, no. because actually we, we're physically apart. We can still connect. Um, Very and much we need so. To yeah, yeah, and you're doing it on your, you know, Instagram lives. You're finding ways. To oh, connect. I'm connecting more than ever. It's extraordinary, actually, and it's it's opening up a whole new range of possibilities. And I've connected with people internationally that I haven't connected with before, haven't thought to reach out in this way. So, I think there are definitely some some positives. I know you've written in the magazine recently about the importance of boundaries. Yeah. How does that come into play here, and why is that? so important and I think you've mentioned that women can particularly struggle here yeah so often women um are brought up to be nice (laughs) to be and yes people pleasers and people pleasing is rooted often in shame you know there are lots of different um 
aspects to shame. One is, you know, we can feel shame about physical appearance, body image. We can feel shame about getting older. We can feel shame about not being a good enough parent or our physical or mental health, all sorts of things that we can feel shame about. Um, and, and so, you know, in terms of um, how, we, how we can connect with each other, um, it's, it's really important that, that we find ways to, um, to, to, still, to still connect. Um, I've lost my train of thought there. Um, mm, and, and yeah, it happens, doesn't it? Um, but I'm going to be kind to myself and come back to it. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, in, a, in a crowded room, we've all had that feeling of, of being a lot amongst lots of people, but still feeling lonely. So it's not about how many mm. people are around us. It's about feeling that, that I've got something in common with you. I've got some way of connecting. And these can be tiny little ways of connecting, but also big ways. And so, um, so find, finding ways of connecting, yeah, I would, I would say is, is the most really, really big part of resilience. At the moment, we're experiencing in, in this lockdown situation a uh, real sense of collective grief, I would say, because, yes. you know, there's a lot of grief associated with this. We've lost, some people have lost their jobs, lost mm. their plans. You know, my oldest yes. son was um, due to get married in a couple of weeks and yes. that happened now. So, so there's, there's, there's yes. lots of things that, that have changed. People have lost a lot of things and, and a lot of uncertainty. So um, really coming for resilience, knowing that, you know, it's a cliche, but we are all in this together. Pe other people are feeling this too. Um, and, and we are going to get through it. This will pass. And um, mm. there are going to be things that, that we learn from it. Um, but when, but when we've when we've grown up feeling bad about ourselves, or when we've, we've felt shame, um, we tend to pull in evidence that confirms how we feel and screen out evidence that disconfirms that. If that if that makes sense, we kind of have an internal working model of who we are, how we relate wow. to other people in the world, and so every time somebody ignores us or um, is a bit offhand, we it kind of fits. That, that's like more evidence that fits with I'm not. I'm right. Not. We just accept it and say, yeah, well, that was, of course, I'm not worthy of yeah. anything else, really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is really quite staggering, isn't it? Now, I know that you wrote a particularly brilliant piece for us online for the website about sharing tips for staying well during this particular yeah. time that we have of social distancing and, and yeah. self-isolation for those people who have perhaps been asked to stay at home for an extended period of time or who have to because they are directly affected by the virus. Mm. Could you share some of those now for those who perhaps haven't seen the online article? Of course, yeah. So um, so one of them was about having some structure in your day. So um, looking at it through the lens of compassion as well, it's not, you know, don't, yourself too high standards but I do think getting up in the morning at, mm. a, at a reasonable time and getting dressed is is good you know it's very tempting to just sit around in our pajamas all day and I do I say that to my pajamas. teenagers every morning <laughs> so I should be quoting you there you, go. there you go so having some structure is good doesn't mean you can't have downtime but but you know having sure. a definite start to your day but also having a definite end and I've really noticed that working from home it's very easy to, for it to leak into, you know, your work yes. to leak into, you know, your evening. And, and um, so, so yes, having a beginning and an end is very important, but, you know, coming back to the, the whole, the people pleasing thing, often if, if we, if we have some shame around parts of our life, then we, it's hard to say no, because what we're trying to do is to overcompensate for this feeling of I'm a bad person um, or I've, you know, I'm a terrible mother. So therefore I've got to overcompensate mm. or, I'm a terrible 
employee. So therefore, I need to work harder than everybody else to prove myself. So there's that if that's the narrative that's driving your life, you know, really watch out for boundaries, really watch out for beginnings and ends of your day. Um, and and I, I like to have a little bit of a ritual at the end of my day. Obviously, that's changed before it was the drive home from work and listening mm-hmm. to a podcast or um, listening to some music and just sort of switching off. But now I don't do that. But I'll definitely have a cup of tea, I'll, you know, put some rubbish on the TV, something that's just yeah, something. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done for the day yeah. now. We've we've discovered our lovely Pilates instructor that sometimes comes into the wellbeing studios. She does an online Instagram free Pilates class at six o'clock. And that's just a great time because you can, you know, literally that's the time when we just get out a yoga mat, push the sofas back and whoever's around does a bit of Pilates. And it does, A, it's good to be physical, I think, to work out some of the stress of the day. Uh, But it is that punctuation point, isn't it? It's saying, right, that's it now. That's my boundary. Now I'm going to move on. Definitely. Um, So so that's important. It also, it's it's really important that we... um, to find ways to look after ourselves. So coming back to that self-compassion, you know, we talked about coming, um, sort of kick-starting that parasympathetic nervous system, as well as talking kindly to ourselves, also finding other ways that, that kickstart that system. So it's the rest and digest system, basically just slowing everything down. So deep breathing, really, really important. Um, if you can find ways to just take some nice, slow, deep breaths, get the oxygen flowing to the brain to help us think clearer. Um, and and or, or mindfulness or meditation, whatever works for you. Mm. Doing some exercise that just gets the, the the blood pumping around your body, gets the endorphins going in your brain. And that exercise can be, you know, really aerobic, or it could be going for a walk. Um, it can be, you know, star jumps in your living room, whatever it is. But trying to trying to do that. Um, also finding ways to um, to connect with other people, and and that could be, you know, I'm using Zoom and. Skype and FaceTime more than I ever have before, um, or phone calls. Um, but you know, for some people in my family, just sending them a card if they're if they're not really into that kind of thing um, mm-hmm. can, can be really helpful. Finding ways to connect and, and touch base and not assume that people are okay. You know, just um, yes. look for, look for ways to just be kind. And I think that's one of the things that's going to really come out of this I, I loved it when we all came out of our door our front doors mm. and clapped mm-hmm. for the NHS I, I saw people in my street I have never met before and it was yes. such a feeling of years yeah. it, it really moved me actually that feeling of do you know what we all need each other and yes. you know I, I think that feeling right now in social distancing of we do need each other. And I hope that that's something we take from this, that you know, even when we go to the supermarket, I've never been more aware that if I take two packets of toilet roll, that means someone else can't have a packet of toilet roll. Or, yeah. you know, with everything we buy has an effect on somebody else. So that real sense of community, I think, has never been so important. And, um, yeah, it's 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 really it's really good so yeah so looking after our brains our bodies I mean there's even things all our senses need to be looked after so um I'm all for like I love lighting candles any any aromatherapy or you know there's some research about um different smells and what they do to our mood so citrusy smells are very good for our mood um in terms of lifting mood lavender is very good for calming most people know that but also looking Mm. at the color green so if we're if we look at the color green for 20 minutes it's shown to reduce cortisol that's the stress hormone in our body and boost mood 
So getting outside, and we know we need a bit more vitamin D. I mean, that's that's going to be crucial. But yes. getting outside and being able to look at the colour green, if we're lucky enough to be able to get to a, uh, have a, if we have a garden, if we can look at some trees, if we can walk to a park, yes. anything that's the colour green is, is na- we've got a lot to learn from nature at the moment, I think, to help us through lockdown. Fantastic. You, there's some great tips. There really are. And I think it's nice to end on a positive, the fact that, as you say, these little things about being more socially aware, more socially connected we will come through this and we do have the resilience we do have the capacity we can be kind to ourselves kind to each other and I think you know just to remember that we all feel these feelings you know to greater or lesser degrees we we often we're all feeling a bit anxious some people very anxious and anxiety is is about fear of the future you know I've I've whenever we're scared about something it's always about what might happen next you know even people that I've met that have been attacked they talk about, do you know what? I, it was what was the when I asked them what was the thought that was going through your head while you were being mugged or attacked. It was always what mm. were they going to do next? It's always about the future. So if we can bring ourselves back to the present, just take some deep breaths and say, right now I'm okay, I'm safe, yes. I can do this, and talk to yourself in that calming, kind, compassionate way, then. That will really help to build your resilience. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Jemima. It's lovely to chat to you. And I hope that once this is passed, we can actually meet up in real life because it would be nice to give you a proper hug rather than just a virtual one. But thank you for being with us today. I'd love that. Thank you, Liz. I really loved it. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And that is it for today's episode. As always, you'll find all the links and resources mentioned on today's show over on lizellwellbeing.com. There you can sign up for my free weekly newsletter, which is jam-packed with well-being wisdom and delicious quarantine recipes using pretty much only pantry staples. But a huge thanks to all of you who've left such lovely reviews for the team and for me. It really does help others to find the show, so thank you. And until the next time, go well. Bye-bye. The Liz Earle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Liz Earle, with production by Amaryllis Earle and Harry Trevithick at Heart Dialogue. With thanks to my producer, Ellie Smith, and the guest booker, Millie de la Morinière. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.